Welcome to the One Prez Pod and season two of You're Using It Wrong with me, Phil Blackburn, and my good friend Stephen Martin. During the month of May, we will talk about ways where Christianity in America might be slightly off track and how we think it might best be fixed. Join us. Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome to week three. Yeah. Of you're using it wrong. Mm-hmm. On the One Press Pod. With who? Me, Phil Blackburn. And me, Stephen Martin. Yeah, Stephen. There we go. Let's go. So, uh, you teased us last week. Mm-hmm. You said we were talking men of the Bible. It sounds like a calendar to me, Stephen. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, we haven't talked about it since then, so I don't know where we're going with this. What do we got? So, a lot of talk that I've seen recently. I was back on the Twitter film, mm-hmm. and I I had to get off. A lot of people talking about women's roles mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. Bible, mm-hmm. and then how men are responsible mm-hmm. for everything mm-hmm. until something goes wrong, mm-hmm. and then it's somebody else's fault. But what I want to get at is what is a man's role in the Bible, masculinity mm-hmm. in the Bible. So mm-hmm. we have Father Abraham. Mm-hmm. We have the Son of God, uh, Jesus, mm-hmm. man and God, all, all these different things. Mm-hmm. What does the Bible say that definitive, definitively say is a man's responsibility mm-hmm. versus a woman's responsibility mm-hmm. versus just shut up and mm-hmm. do your job? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, let's talk about hermeneutics. Hermeneutics. You know that word? Hermeneutics. That's that's how you interpret Scripture. So, your hermeneutics are how you interpret Scripture. Okay. That's how you're going to answer this question. Word of the day. Mm -hmm. Hermeneutics. Yeah, last week we learned pluralism. Mm -hmm. Today, hermeneutics. I like it. So, uh, when you come to Scripture, you come with a certain... You you have a hermeneutic that you bring to Scripture. Everybody does. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the one that's your basic operating system. You open Scripture and you're reading it a certain way. Gotcha. You know, we've talked about this before on the podcast with like how to read the Bible. Mm. And we're trying to get at this idea of, of making sure that you have a broad hermeneutical perspective when you come to Scripture. Go broad. Understood. You don't want, in my opinion, you don't want narrow. Like okay. the whole, like Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Yeah. That's a hermeneutic. <clears throat> it's a bad one. Right. But it's a hermeneutic. <laughs> that one is going to get you a very different answer on men than you're going to get from me. Right. You have... In especially the New Testament, you have the household codes. You're well familiar with those of how households are supposed to be structured. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tend to think about it with through the lens of Galatians 3. Okay. So in, the, in Galatians 3, Paul's talking about the church. Mm-hmm. And he says, in Jesus Christ, there is neither male nor female, mm-hmm. neither slave nor free, neither Greek nor Jew. So let's talk about that male or female piece for a minute. Okay. So the ideal, the ideal existence within Jesus, mm-hmm. and the existence that I think is foreshadowed in the next life, are you ready for this? Uh-huh. Is genderless. Right. Because angels don't have. Well, mm-hmm. and right there, you hear it. Yeah. There is no male or female, right? <laughs> it's just angels, right? It, right. You know, there isn't. You well, and like not, not that we're going to be. That's right. That's a whole we're not other necessarily topic. angels, but but Paul says there's no male or female in Christ. Right. 
It implies a lot of things. I think it implies that Christ does not see mm-hmm. gender. It implies that our existence within Christ is genderless. Right. And I think it implies that our future existence in the resurrection right. genderless. So are you trying to tell me that I'm not more special because I mean, I'm a guy I and God doesn't love me more? I don't want to say that to you and hurt you. That's but, what I feel right now. Yeah, you could feel that way. I would cry mm-hmm. if I wasn't a guy. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's the next part? That's all I got, really. Okay. Well, that was a quick one. You know, so then you sit there and you roll it back and you're like, well, well, then why does it say all that stuff Mm -hmm. in Scripture? I I don't know. I mean, we live in a world that's fallen, right? Right. And in in a fallen world, there is absolutely gender. Mm -hmm. God God knows we're arguing about it in our culture today. Right. Um, So clearly we can't handle this concept in our world. Mm-hmm. These things were written within the context of the Roman Empire and Roman norms, and Rome was the most patriarchal society that has perhaps ever existed, certainly as patriarchal as any <laughs> other, uh, in terms of rigid, hard and fast gender roles. Okay. Um, like, I'll give you an example that people don't realize. This is, well, let's get into the NC-17 portion of our podcast, Stephen. Oh, now. So, in Rome, mm-hmm. it wasn't a big deal to be homosexual or bisexual. Okay. Not a problem for a male. Mm-hmm. As long as you were the dominant partner. Right. I've heard this. Yes. I've mm-hmm. talked about it before, too. Yeah. If you were the submissive partner, your life was over. Hmm. You were done in Roman society. Roman patriarchal or uh, Roman kind of nobility, Roman nobles, their families had to hire bodyguards for their young male boys so that they wouldn't be sexually assaulted and therefore ruined socially. Wow. So they would march them to and from the gymnasium (laughs) and they would accompany them everywhere they went when they left the house so that they wouldn't be sullied uh, by by being taken advantage of. That's the type of society you're talking about, and it's in the context of that society that the New Testament letters were written. Hmm. So it starts out pretty egalitarian. Paul works with women all the time. Uh, There's lots and lots of writings directly from Paul about women being apostles, which was the highest possible designation you could have for Paul. Mm-hmm. There's writings about the ways in which women helped them. There's writing about the ways in which women supported the work of the disciples and the Gospels. Who were the first people to receive the good news of the resurrection? Women. women. So that's the first stuff in the early church. It is completely egalitarian. Right. Even in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about women speaking in church. Mm-hmm. He just says, cover their heads, which... Is, is like the same thing as us telling a woman today to wear a shirt when oh. she preached because the hair was lurid. <laughs> okay. And it also had to do with whether or not you were single or married. Okay. Which so, is, it, so it made everybody equal. It made right. all the women in the church equal if they all covered their head. Gotcha. So then later in 1 Corinthians, you get this don't talk at all. Mm-hmm. Probably added later. Yeah. Um. And then you get First Timothy, which is definitely second generation Christianity, which gets deep into the household household codes of, mm-hmm. you know, subservience and that sort of thing. Right. So, if you're a guy, 
And I guess you need to feel like you're special or superior. (laughs) The Bible's got it for you, but I I think your hermeneutics Mm -hmm. are are a little off. Right. Because why do you need that? No. To me, yeah, it seems like you're just, you're looking for something to make your reasoning logical. Right. You're looking for something to hold over a woman's head. Why else do you need it? Jesus isn't going to care because we already know that in Jesus there's neither male nor female. And we know that if Jesus really did care, really, really cared, Mm -hmm. the resurrection would have been witnessed by men. Yeah. So then what are we talking about? Like, that's my thing about it. It's like, I don't get what we're talking about. This, it's personally, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. extremely exhausting, but I'm seeing more and more and more of this talk about exactly what you were saying of women should not be elders, pastors. They shouldn't be talking in church. It's how are we regressing from what was 2000 years ago? Like I, I I legitimately don't understand it. I'm, I'm married. Mm -hmm. My wife is not, subservient to me Mm -hmm. and i would never expect her to be that's it it makes no sense to me Mm -hmm. we're a team yeah i it it make it legitimately makes me upset Mm -hmm. whenever i hear this because then it, it seems like it comes from people who could they really could not care less Mm -hmm. how their partner feels Mm -hmm. just because you were born with and it sounds crude, but it's the only way to say it with different genitalia than another person, you're worth less. Mm-hmm. And it, that to me does not sound like Christ. But whenever we, anytime that this has ever come up, it's, it, it always goes back to, well, this is what it says in the Old Testament, or this is what Paul says. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I have to rely on what I see Christ emulating mm-hmm. and follow those those mm-hmm. footprints that he laid out mm-hmm. for us because I I don't see God creating us and only giving power to a certain few mm-hmm. or what half of the population yeah. roughly if if they I think what had happened in the early church if they stayed rigid mm-hmm. with the egalitarianism yeah. with men and women being equal the church is finished Really? Roman society couldn't handle it. Right. Okay. So they made a pragmatic decision. Mm-hmm. And they went back in and added some stuff into 1 Corinthians. And then the second generation of Christian leaders were like, this is how we have to structure ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so they did. And it was a pragmatic decision. It made sense in that historical moment within <clears throat> Roman culture because right. you could not deviate that far from social norms. You just couldn't. Yeah. And they couldn't handle it, couldn't tolerate If the church had doubled down on that, I think they were done. Right. Uh, you always have to remember the church was populated by people. Was then, is now. Yeah. People make decisions for lots of reasons, even within the context of faith, not related to faith. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like that to me is the, is, is the thing. Like, why do you need your wife to submit to you? Like, what do you need that to happen for? Like, do you... Do you I don't know. What do you need? Yeah. <laughs> like, like Jesus isn't going to kick you out of heaven 
because your household's egalitarian. <laughs> like, you're not, I mean, because you, you make mutual decisions. Right. You know? I mean... I don't, I don't know. Well, <laughs> it's like, I don't understand. Like, what... Anyway, uh, you know, if that's your deal and, and everybody's on board with it, mm-hmm. I say, fine. Have right. at it. Uh, but I don't think you need to bend over, bend, twist yourself into a pretzel. And I th- certainly uh, think women do not need to hear that as an excuse to be treated poorly in the no. household. No. So, which sadly is not uncommon Mm-mm. in those constructs. No. So, you know, no. I, 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 yeah. So let me, let me take it to a spot where, um, not vulnerability, mm-hmm. but just showing showing where my my growth in this has been, mm-hmm. and speaking to other men who may be in a similar situation or mindset mm-hmm. that I was in when I first got married mm-hmm. or in a relationship. I admittedly was a terrible boyfriend mm-hmm. whenever I was dating. Mm-hmm. Once I got married, it took it took Rebecca, my wife. To be the one to say, look, I'm, I, I'm worth this. So if you want to be part of this family with me, then we're going to have to be equal. And it, it, I was fine with that, but it took her saying something like that for me to snap mm-hmm. out of where I was. Mm-hmm. I was never abusive, mm-hmm. not physically. I'm sure there were plenty of times where mentally, but what what I'm trying to say is. I thought I had this idea in my head. We hear people talk about all the time. Well, whenever I become a parent, this is exactly how my kids right. are going to be. And it right. never, it, right. it never yeah. happened. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. Mm. I, I thought because of maybe not exactly what I had seen, but I was just, I was inexperienced and didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden I'm married and I'm supposed to be leading a house mm-hmm. and I have no clue what that means. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how to really do this, but I don't want people to know that. And now it's go time and we have two children already. And so how am I supposed to be the man of the house when I feel no different than I did when I graduated high school? Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, now now looking back, we've been married eight years now. We have three kids and I feel like our relationship is better than it's ever Mm -hmm. been. And it's only getting better day by day. Personally, I feel like that is because we put each other first. Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's only made everything better. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't feel like I have anything to prove. Yeah. And that to me is a big part of what I feel a lot of men or, or young men are trying to handle nowadays mm-hmm. is their rep. They're trying to make sure that they look good in front of other people. And they're more worried about mm-hmm. that or they're so insecure that they try this whole alpha male mm-hmm. thing on. And that drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. But what would you say scripture says about that mindset? How can we get out of this toxic mindset of I have to be in command. I have mm-hmm. to be the one in charge. I have it's my responsibility to take this on. Yeah. You know, Rob Bell has a book called Sex God that came out a long time ago mm-hmm. and it kind of upholds some of those household structures a little bit. Okay. But one of the things he points out and I don't I mean, I haven't studied these passages extensively because I'm like I know they're there. I've read them, right. but I've moved on. Yeah. Um 
but he talks about what is it, you know, the woman is to the husband as Christ is to the church or mm-hmm. anyway. And he points out, okay, let's talk about what it meant for Christ to be the head of the church. Yeah. Well, he died for the church. Yeah. Like he laid down his life for the church. Mm-hmm. And Bell's point was like, you know, if your husband is willing to make the ultimate sacrifice for you, then yeah, if he wants to do a certain thing, maybe that's okay. <laughs> so start there. If you feel like you need that, don't start with making her submit to you. Right. You earn that if that's the structure you want, I think, mm-hmm. by what Bell says. Have you proven to her that you would take the bullet literally? Right. Literally. Have you proven that you would sacrifice literally everything you have for her, her well-being, mm-hmm. and her life? Okay, then. Have the conversation <laughs> about who gets to choose the car color. Right. But if you haven't, mm-hmm. then I don't know what we're talking about. I'm back to that. I personally would still take the bullet mm-hmm. and I don't without that requirement. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, if, if that's what you need, mm-hmm. that that's the best that's the best I personally can can give. What do you got to answer that question? Oh, I feel the same way. I, I, I think that as far as what the Bible says and and looking at it through that lens I feel like everything Jesus showed us was a vulnerability, was someone who didn't have their guard up, was loving unconditionally. And there were times where he, where he had to be just. Mm-hmm. There's times where he had to say what had to be said, but that didn't mean that he wasn't um, he wasn't available for for everyone he wasn't um he what i'm trying to say is he didn't have this structure around him that only if you had to go to my disciples Mm -hmm. first and then you had to go to me and all of these steps and stuff Mm -hmm. jesus was there Mm -hmm. and he was in the midst of everyone Mm -hmm. and he gave everything Mm -hmm. away in order for us to be in heaven with him Mm -hmm. And so to me, if that's who I'm emulating, not only as a person, but if I am encompassing all of this into my life and I'm I'm making sure that I am the best man, the best husband, the best dad I can be and looking at it through the lens of Christ, then I should be a little more patient. Mm -hmm. I should be a little more kind. Mm -hmm. I should be a little more forgiving, Mm -hmm. even more so than I feel like I already am. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of times, like I've, I heard somebody getting upset about, uh, I'm the man. I'm the man. You don't understand. And was, was just saying this stuff about how they were the man of the house. And how dare they say something about their wife? How dare they talk to them that way? And it floored me. Because to me, if you're going to be a Christian, then those words should never come out of your mouth. Right. How are they relevant? Like they're not. No. Like your gender. Like people are entitled <laughs> to be treated a certain way yeah. because of their existence. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, that's, that's the criteria. Yeah. So, you know, 
you you don't get to just come in and and you just see mm-hmm. the the damage that kind of the emphasis on masculinity has done. And to be fair, I think if you flipped it, mm-hmm. you would be in the same spot. Oh, I think if, if it was a matriarchy, mm-hmm. we can argue about this another day potentially. But if it was a matriarchy, you would still have major problems yeah. because you can't subjugate one gender. Mm-hmm. That's not Christian. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's churchy, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think, I think it's very, I, I think it, it's very dicey to go hard in that direction because I think despite what you get in a few passages, scripture does not give you the license to go hardcore no. in male domination. You, you can, if it makes you like, I would interrogate myself if I really needed it. Mm-hmm. Like, what what am I what am I looking for here? Yeah, I agree. So anyway, you know, yeah, I I think that that is all. I I don't know what else to say. All right. Well, then you let's know? not say anything else. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll be back next week. I think that'll be the last one. Hey, <sighs> we'll have to hug it out. All right. Yeah. So anyway, Stephen, have a lovely week. You too. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the One Prez Pod. Please like and subscribe to the One Prez Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us comments and follow us on social media at First Presbyterian Church's Facebook account. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.